It's 17,200 kilometres from where I am to where you are. It's quite a long way. But I do want to make the trip one day. Mr. Jokerman, now I... Uh, is your first name Michael or Mikhail? How do I say it? Uh, however you want to say it. Whatever's more convenient, I'm fine with. How both. do you say it? Uh, well, it's... Shit, what is it? It's Michal, isn't it? Yeah. That's the <laughs> Polish version. Michal. Uh, you're the uh-huh. best one to know. Hi there, I'm Steve Joel, and this is Champions of 40K. Over the next 50 minutes or so, we're going to meet a couple of champions of the Polish 40K scene. Why is Poland so good on the world stage so consistently? What's it like to live and play 40K in Poland? I'll try and remember to ask proper questions like that on the way through, shall I? Like a professional, you know. If you like this podcast, you can help me out in two ways. Help me to keep it going. Like and review and share the podcast episode. That would be awesome. And if you want to buy anything at all from Frontline Gaming, and why wouldn't you? Huge store to shop at. Use the affiliate link in the description of this podcast. See, I get a tiny kickback from that, which will go towards gear so I can start videoing these chats that I have with Champions of 40K. All of the info and the episodes are at stevejoel40k.com. All right, here we go. My guests this week are known as Tweak and Joker, hosts of the Contact Lost podcast, recently of official LGT coverage, always repping Poland to the world with the utmost enthusiasm and integrity. Mikkel and Tomic, welcome to the show. How are you guys? Hi, Steve. I'm fine. Thanks for having us. Pleasure. Hello. Yep. Amazing. Amazing to be here. And the- thank you for the invitation. The first voice we heard was Mikkel and the second was Tomek. So, uh, first of all, Tomek, happy birthday a couple of days oh, ago as we record. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Did you get uh, any- Friday what it was. Um, thank you. Did you get anything nice? Any toys? Any uh, plastic? If you look behind me, uh, <laughs> there is Mortarion. Oh. And there should be a Tervigan somewhere over there. So, right. I got two of those. And now I cannot decide whether I should, uh, you know, feel yeah. the, the big bug or the big guy but yeah i got both and it was a very rich birthday for me yeah wow i knew who to invite to the party <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 well done well done uh, the other thing i would like to ask um michael where do the where do the names come from joker how is joker your 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 handle um i made it up myself uh there isn't really too much of a story behind it uh i think everyone going into our community here uh has a nickname of sorts, or at right. least the majority of people do, uh, because the way we started communicating, like all over the country, was using one of those old uh, PHP, I think, forums on the internet. So right. you know, everyone had logged in with some sort of a nickname, and they just stuck. Yeah, and we're still stuck with them nowadays. I because being a uh, not Polish. I assumed that your surname must have, like uh, Djokovic, you know, must not that he's Polish, but you know what I mean. It must have Joker the word Rusk. Joker in there somewhere. And <laughs> um, when I when I found out what your surname is, it doesn't. So I was like, huh. So I wonder where the nickname comes from. <laughs> and uh, Tweak, is there a story behind Tweak, or is it the same thing? Just made it up. There is a story. Uh, over the years of like computer gaming, I uh, went through a, a number of different 
um, nicknames, but the one that stuck was the name that I borrowed from a South Park character. Like, if anyone w watches or used to watch South Park, there is this jittery guy addicted to coffee uh, who drinks coffee all the time to soothe his nerves. That's basically right. me. Yeah. I, I have, you know, more coffee in my system than blood. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm not that jittery, but, it, you know, I, I identify with that character a lot. So sure. that's where the nickname comes from. Uh, Goff made it himself, Goff. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. I suck at that. Like, I never know uh, what to put as in. You know, everything you join, Discord or whatever, they always say you need a you need a name. And because I'm old, I'm not used to So I just, I never know what to do. But luckily... A long time ago in New Zealand, I was on a children's TV show and I played a superhero character called Manly Jack. And so now I just go, well, that's good enough. I'll just be Manly Jack on, uh, that's on whatever, that's whatever I join. It doesn't get any better than that. So uh, yep. you're set for life. <laughs> right? That was Absolutely. It. When I played rugby, it was a nickname on the back of my shirt as well, Manly Jack, which if you don't know the thing, like that was the name of the character, it just sounds like I'm being a bit of a conceited asshole, you know? <laughs> well, this guy thinks he's manly. Which makes okay. It even better. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I've got to say to our listeners as well and uh, to let, um, the guys know. So we're recording audio only. So if we reference, uh, we can see each other during the recording. If we reference visual cues or visual things going on, uh, we'll we'll try and remember to explain them on the way through. Uh, can we start with uh, Poland then? Because that's, you know, a big part of this is is you guys are both from Poland, in Poland. Um, I'd love to get your takes on the amazing performances of Poland at the ETC slash WTC over the years, I know that that championship trophy is missing, but seconds and thirds and whatever, consistently, probably the most consistent team over the years. How how does that happen in, in Poland? Where does this all come from? Tomek, maybe we start with you. I, I think there are um, like multiple factors that um, make this happen. One, and I'll probably let Joker speak more of this. This is like a, a wonderful mixture of talent. Um, that we have in Poland uh, because it's like amazingly skilled individuals uh, who treat this almost like a profession um, and they create an amazing team that has amazing results. Uh, but the other thing is uh, the community and I cannot stress this enough because in Poland the community supports the national team, whoever might be on that national team, the, the entire community plays tournaments according to the WTC standard. Uh, it, it has become now the Polish standard. That every tournament is played according to the WTC rulings, uh, terrain setup, and so on and so on. So uh, all, because different people come from different regions, all regions agree that the tournament should follow the, the WTC um, guidelines, and we all do. I know that only now we have one virtual league that is going to try and play the UKTC rules just because more and more people are becoming interested in, in the uh, United Kingdom tournaments and the mm. UKTC. But other than that, uh, the entire community contributes to um, what uh, the, the, well, the WTC team wants to achieve, which yeah. I think is the most important part. And I feel like everybody, like if you're playing, then, then the ultimate goal is it fair to say that the ultimate goal is to make that team, make that national team? For a lot of people, I would say, yeah, that's right. that's definitely the goal. So um, there's, you know, there there are eight spots, and there are probably around twenty people each year trying to make the cut. 
Yeah. Um, so I think in general that's quite a huge number if you take into account how big the community is. So yeah, that is quite a big percentage of the community. There was enough of a pause there to make me think that that's not the ultimate goal for everybody. That maybe there are some individual players who, because for uh, you know for a lot of people say here in New Zealand, sending a team to the WTC is we are hopefully going to be able to achieve it next year, but it's so far away. So so the goal becomes more individual. It's like winning tournaments or maybe making it to the LVO or the LGT or as an individual. So um, do those people exist in the Polish community as well who maybe want to go off and win the LGT uh, as an individual would be, a, would be as big an achievement as making the Polish team? Um, I don't think there are that many. Uh, I think I could only think of a couple of people, tops, that would actually feel that that's their goal. Um, I think uh, the reason I paused is probably because there are a couple of people that are good enough, but if the tournament's happening in a place like Belgium, as it was this year and will be for the next two years, it's a bit expensive. So it's just that uh, the commitment of uh, time and money is too big for some of them. Right. And Belgium is expensive because just Belgium is an expensive place to go or because it's too far away or what makes Belgium? Uh, no, it's, well, Western Europe for Polish people or more like for Central Europe or Mid-Eastern Europe uh, is just expensive, right. relatively at least. Okay. Be nice to host it in Poland at some point, wouldn't it, Tomek? I think we had that in the past. Uh, at some point, in one school where everyone slept on the floor and so on, it was one of the first editions of the ETC back then. Right. But uh, I, from what I've heard, one of the more enjoyable <laughs> ETCs out there. Uh, no, the, the, you know, the deal is uh, Western Europe uh, does everything in euros. Poland does everything in Polish Zloty or PLN, which is now like similar to the to, to GBP. If you think about it, it actually, it's actually I think the same. So it's five times the PL one sorry one GBP or one euro is five PLN, which you know to an average breadwinner here uh, can be a challenge. Yeah, yeah. When it comes to like covering flights, covering accommodation, covering uh, entry fee, or what have you. So uh, unless uh, people get some support, it might be difficult for them to go. And I think this year. It was a case for one of the guys who really wanted to go but couldn't. Yeah. Uh, luckily enough, our captains um, involve all the top players one way or another in the preparations to, you know, to uh, sort of make it sweeter to them. So the people who don't go usually get to contribute uh, in a different way by either um, uh, gathering intel or playing test games or something like that. So everyone gets to contribute one way or another. Unfortunately, only eight get to go. I love the way you said gathering intel. Like, hmm. It's almost sounded like spying, but that's, but gathering intel sounds nicer, you know. So, but Exactly. That's when you yeah, being politically correct. <laughs> have to remember that. <laughs> when you've got 20 or so-ish people all kind of vying for a spot on the team, I guess what that means is you've got – uh, a bunch of very high quality teams who are able to practice each other and even things like uh, you know doing the pairings and all that sort of stuff you you just need to get really good at that element of teams events and you guys would have that really high level practice of being able to do all of that through having so many good teams players 
Yeah, that's correct. That's like there is um, a bunch, and I think there are more and more team tournaments, like nationwide team tournaments, um, happening. There is the Polish team championships, which is basically uh the biggest tournament in poland that gathers all the biggest fans of the game the the win at all cost people and the the you know the sort of seller dwellers who uh, who hardly ever go to tournaments but for this one they do come out and uh and and do play games so it gives the because we have uh, like a select selective committee i guess that comprises the captain and some some other selectors out of lack of a better word so Tournaments like this and other team tournaments give them insight into who potentially might be uh, worthy of taking to the WTC. Right. I should ask yeah, what you got. Doing Sorry. More and more of those team events uh, recently uh, than we did before. So, um, and if anyone from the frontline gaming community lives somewhere closer to Europe, then also please feel invited to those events. Awesome. I should ask what you guys play. Uh, Tomic, we got an idea that you play Death Guard and also Tyranids. Um, so okay. those, those are your two main armies, or do you have? are you one of those people that have a heap and just kind of go with whatever? So uh, in all honesty, I think there are only two armies that I haven't played yet, and this is Guard and Tau, uh, for no apparent reason. But <laughs> uh, currently what I own, it's Space Wolves, uh, Death Guard, and Tyranids, exactly. Yeah. So I switch between Tyranids and Death Guard depending on the mood. I feel like I've heard you reference Space Wolves. I was like, yes, this guy's got to be okay. I'm a Space Wolves player as well. <laughs> I feel like middle-aged, pe people of my age either play Guard or Space Wolves, and you can tell it if they've got a beard, it's Wolves, and if they don't, they're a Guard player. Um, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Joker, what about you? Well, I play Thousand Suns, so I don't let you guys throw <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, we're not going to start well, with who did what wrong and who didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But apart from that, uh, nowadays I play mainly Chaos Demons, um, probably because they're the most interesting book out of the ones I have. So uh, Thousand Suns that I've mentioned, but also Chaos Knights and Drukari. The the podcast, Contact Lost Podcast, is, is a real competitive focused uh, podcast, and we'll come to that soon. But uh, does that mean you both are competitive players first and then you worry about the rest of the hobby after? Or do you kind of balance it out pretty well, Joker, with your, your competitive play and your painting and your reading or lore stuff? Um, I think the gaming takes precedence. I mm. mean, I try to paint my armies uh, whenever I can uh, because I'm cheap. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I prefer a game over a night of painting any day. Um, so that's that's that. Yeah, yeah. So you paint the models just to get them onto the table so that you can play a game and get to tournaments. And yeah, pretty much. I'm also really bad at painting. So uh, I mean, you have to uh, trust your abilities and set the expectations right. Yeah, yeah. Set a nice low bar. That's what I try and do professionally. I let people know. Uh, set the bar low, expectations low. Uh, and Tomek, uh, do you, just because you're a towel hater doesn't mean you're a bad person. Um, do you, <laughs> do you like painting? Do you I, follow I the said, lore? <laughs> I never said that I hated towel, uh, but that's a, a different story. <laughs> when it comes to my personal preference, it's always gaming above anything else, even right. if it's like with GW Grey. Uh, so I, I don't really pay a lot of attention to uh, paint jobs. Uh, 
I can appreciate a good paint job, but I know that mine isn't. Uh, you probably figured out already that I usually play armies that are fairly dirty, which means they are pretty easy to, to paint. Right. So Tyranids just put Agrax Airshade on them. Uh, Death Guard, something similar. Uh, I used to play Orcs and I just mass paint them with, you know, with green and, and Agrax or something. Uh, and that will do the job. So it's always gaming first, then uh, probably the lore and painting at the very, very end. Right. And do you guys read the books? Are you are you into the, the lore and the stories? I'm into the lore, but I find it hard to read some of the books. Yeah. Uh, if you know what I mean, just the level of literature, it, it kind of bugs me at times. <laughs> right. uh, but no, I, I really enjoy the universe, definitely. Yeah, yeah, background yeah. and all that jazz. And uh, here, I mean, I've read the a part of the Horus Heresy books, and especially the first ones, I really enjoyed them. And then I tried to branch out into Dark Elder and Path of the Archon or whatever the, the series right. is called, and yeah. that was just, and that was just insufferable. I just couldn't <laughs> couldn't finish the books. They, like they were so hard to to go through or yeah. get through. Um, and then, you know, I, I to this day, even though I read the Horace Heresy books like 10 years ago or something, to this day, I admire Dan Abnett and other people who wrote the books who were able to come up with a dialogue between space marines because <laughs> to me, it's just one shiny, muscly gentleman coming to another and I admire your muscles. We need to fight. I admire your muscles as well. We definitely need to fight. <laughs> and, you know, and carry that on for 40 books is just yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aaron Dembski-Bowden, I think, is a genius and I love his work. Um, and Dan Abnett, a couple of his books I really enjoy, but then outside of that, I have I found books that I have you have to really chew through. You know, like it's like a yeah. a big heavy beer if you're not in the mood. Sometimes you just find yourself chewing on it and you don't want to. I, it sometimes feels like the lore is even a bit uh, pushed. Like in seventh, I was collecting corn um, demonkin. And what lore can you write about corn? It's like, you know, he had his his companies and the difference between in their descriptions was like, this company crushes skulls and drinks blood, but the second company drinks blood and crushes skulls. Very and different. this one tears muscles and, and crushes skulls and drinks blood. And, and this one, I don't know, pulls <laughs> and cuts off your leg and drinks blood. And right. It's all the same. Come on. It's like, we yeah. know they kill and they are crazy about fighting. Just... You know, make the codex ten pages. That's fine. Just, yeah, <laughs> it's when you, okay. Nobody needs that. When you read a codex, you cut straight. This is the this is the key. This is the kicker. This is how you tell different types of people who play the game. When you read the codex, what pages do you go straight to? Surely, in your case, we know the answer, right? You go straight to the data sheets, the rules, and the data sheets. You could take everything books. else out of the codex. You guys would still buy it. Some people love the lore and the artwork, and that's great. Um, but I'm similar in that I'll go, it's like reading a newspaper, front page, sports section, then the rest. And then uh, <laughs> reading the reading the codex, I'm like, uh, rules for the thing I want to do, data sheets for the models I want to buy, then the rest. Yep. Joker's shrugging like, what, what other way would you read it? I don't even understand <laughs> the question. So let's, know there was <laughs> let's talk about the podcast. Uh, what made who who started it? Who got into it first? Whose idea was it? And how did you get get the thing rolling? Um, we were both thinking of doing something, but the idea to make it a podcast was definitely tweaks. Okay, so did you know each other pre podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah, we played mini together. We, I don't know, if, I think we worked together back then, even. 
Or maybe that was yes, before? Yes, uh, that part in our lives started before the podcast. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. So you yeah. knew each other so, pretty so, well. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, we knew that we can speak English. <laughs> we knew <laughs> that, uh, that we, ha we shared a passion for the game. Uh, and then I think we started getting more and more involved with uh, players from outside of our location who turned... I mean, who turned out to be members of the national team uh, because, you know, from time to time we go to tournaments or they come to our city because one of the bigger tournaments happens here as well. So we get to meet them. And we thought, hey, like nobody else is doing this kind of stuff. So let's capitalize on, you know, the language skills that we have and the, the network of contacts that we have. And maybe we can make something out of it. And here we are. Yeah. So you got into it together, you got the idea together. I've, I do have to ask, what made you decide, you've mentioned the language skills, why did you decide to do it in English instead of doing a specific Polish version for your Polish audience? Um, the main reason, I think, is that there is a Polish podcast uh, that's run by the guys from the national team, so um, there was no way we could uh, compete with them uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the... Uh, I'm the word here. Uh, in terms of the content that that we produce, you know uh, how advanced, how insightful into the game it is. Right. Uh, so we tried branching out uh, this way. Yeah. So you guys are. Where would you? How would you rate yourselves as players? And I don't know if you're both at about the same level. Are you knocking on the door of the Polish national team? Are you mid-table players? Are you just guys who are enthusiastic about it? Oh. No one wants uh, to. No one wants to touch this one. Okay. I wouldn't say I'm knocking on the door. Uh, somewhere, yeah, mid table. That that's probably me. I'm. I knock on the door from the like uh, C team, the third team. <laughs> right. Okay. If if, if if we'd put one out ever, uh, yeah, that's that's probably me. Okay. Uh, I I think you're too shy. Uh, I've seen Joker uh, participate in those like international sparrings and so on with members of the national team, so. Uh, you know that there might be like a silent ambition um, to to go above and beyond. Uh, unlike me, where I simply don't have time to do that, so I don't even have the time to go to all the tournaments that Joker goes to. So I I am also like a mid-table player, probably <laughs> mid to bottom, um, but you know just passionate about the game yeah. uh, and about the the rules and tournaments and tournament. Uh, results and so on and so on and the Polish national team so I guess it's a nice mixture yeah so now you're doing contact lost you, you get the podcast up and running you've made the decision to do it in English and it is it's very competitive focused and you get guests on you know regularly to talk about uh, different elements of uh, you know competitive play uh, and I love the you know lots of recent ones but I love the Votan uh, breakdown which was not a codex very specifically said wasn't a codex breakdown because lots of other people are doing that so it must be hard to find a way to do this podcast that you do which by the way i really love um but not just copy the content that other people are doing to find a unique angle which isn't just always hey we're polish you know it's um it's got to be something that the wider international audience is going to buy into how do you do that mr tweak so 
I mean, first of all, it's the Polishness of the podcast, but it really depends on on the topic. Uh, I try to p- pick uh, guests for the podcast based on either their experience with the game or a faction or a book or what have you. So Danny, when we were talking about Voltan, uh, he told me on an occasion that he had played about 90 uh, yeah. games with the Voltan. I don't think there is anyone uh, who has played that much in Poland alone, uh, not to mention uh, the rest of the world, although who knows. Uh, so so he was like an, a natural pick for that. And then we took Vitalis, our uh, third uh, brother from uh, Contact Loss, because he just enjoys the faction. He had something to contribute. Uh, other than that, we usually... Uh, I, I think we try to give the, the competitive content that people are going to enjoy. So we take one of the most competitive players out there in Poland who knows something about the faction or knows something about the national team or the general topic of whatever we are going to talk about, bring them on. Um, you know, I try to, to I come up with the questions uh, for the podcast, which are supposed to be interesting. I, I, I am a, a, a podcast monster when it comes to like consuming podcasts. So uh. I know your podcast very well, podcast very well, but I know, I don't want to say every other podcast, but like, 20 or 25 other podcasts that I listen to on on the regular basis. So I know them pretty well. I know what kind of questions they ask. I know what they focus on. Uh, We would never do a a book review, like a a book review, uh, the the likes of Adam Camilleri, for example, just because I I don't think people in Poland have the patience to sit through that. Um, So uh, what I try to do is give people the essence um, and it seems to work. Joker, are you, uh, with the podcast, you know, other than being the handsome face of the show, uh, <laughs> you enjoy meeting people, getting to know the people, and do you find that you're learning a lot about uh, your game and the competitive side of things with each podcast that happens? You get to learn along with the listeners? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, given that we usually bring in more experienced people than ourselves to talk about, well, factions or whatever events they've been to it's always insightful and it's a good listen uh for us yeah so you know it's it's benefits only i even i would even go a a bit further and and call it a a privilege at times because we do get exposed to people who are uh, i dare say opinion makers of the polish communities like take vladi for example there is this this um a rule of a thumb that if the community, let's say, let's take a faction like, I don't know, Tyranids, if the community starts to play a particular build, Vladi played it first. If the community, uh, you know, um, I don't know, wants to know anything about international tournaments and so on, they would go to Typhus and Pumba just because they go to like UKTC tournaments to ref them. Um, so we, I would say it's a privilege to, to invite them because we get like, uh, the opinions of the opinion makers, if that of right. trendsetters yeah, yeah. of the Polish community, yeah. which, with that makes sense. So, and, uh, so yeah, definitely, it's very eye-opening. And it doesn't hurt that, as we've already covered off, you know, these are some of the best players in the world. Like if you're if you're good in Poland, and the way Poland uh, goes at the WC, WTC, it's fair to say that if you're a really top player in Poland, you're a really top player probably anywhere in the world, right? You would have the respect of the international community of 40k or you should have um pretty much it's what we like to think around here (laughs) no but all the all the people that i mentioned here uh definitely are 
recognizable abroad. So like, uh, you know, Vladi, Tifus, Pumba, uh, they all either played at the, the this year's WTC or previous one, or they ref events or go to other international events outside of the WTC and um, uh, plays very high. So yeah, they most of them are, are quite recognizable faces. Can I ask, how did the LGT gig come about for people who don't know? Um, the two of my two guests today were fronting coverage, official coverage of the LGT, and you're doing video interviews with people all the way through. I really enjoyed it, and you got you know some of the top players from all around Europe, uh, particularly some of the top English players, and you were able to sit around a table and chat with them, and then you do little bits between games as well. Um, so how did that all happen, Joker? Um, cheap Polish labour, apparently, <laughs> is... <laughs> That's exactly what it was. We're not going to have to pay him in pounds and euros. Just give him a few Polish rubles. No, whatever what there is. <laughs> exactly. Zlotties, yeah. Um, in all seriousness, now uh, though, um, so yeah, uh, Tweaks already mentioned Tiffus. So you know the guy that does refereeing around events. He's also with the national team for I don't know, like forever. And uh, he was going to Zach's events for like a whole year since last year's LGT, I think, uh, to ref them. And, you know, Zach was looking for someone to do the coverage, but he wasn't really sold out on anyone. And uh, Typhus just uh, said a couple of nice words and uh, we got in touch with Zach and there we there we went. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, it doesn't I, hurt that you guys weren't, I mean, because a lot of the... A lot of the other content creators, and I'm thinking guys like Dom Maidlow and, you know, Manny and those guys that we know pretty well who, who do content, were playing in the LGT, right? So the fact that you two were able to go and and do the coverage and not feel like you, or maybe you did feel like you were missing out, but you weren't already kind of lined up to play. That helped a lot, probably. Possibly. I mean, those guys you've mentioned uh, probably wanted to get those ITC points in, whereas uh, we couldn't really care less about them, uh, probably because we have zero ITC events in Poland. So there's like, (laughs) it's no competition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So yeah, it could be a factor. Okay. But also, uh, uh, you know, after the the LGT, we have this like debriefing session with with Zach, um, where I actually told him that I admire his balls of steel just because, you know, you really need to have ones if you invite pretty much unknown guys with no internet presence or, I mean, no, like, we, you know, we don't work with our faces, we only work with our voices, so it, 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 it was a huge risk on his side as well to actually invite two randoms or three randoms um, to the biggest event in um, Europe or on this side of the of the ocean and uh, and let them do the coverage because it could, could have gone any direction. Um, I know that he was uh, very happy with the, with the outcome, Great. now but uh at the stage of uh like uh, inviting us to that i i admire his courage really i know that you mentioned in uh one of the podcasts since then that uh it took some recovery for you guys afterwards how much of a commitment was the lgt how big of a deal you know time wise and and commitment wise was it for you guys when you got there were you surprised um, I was surprised uh, how much time we spent working, uh, right. so to say. 
uh, at the event because we really like we were the last people to leave along with Zach and a couple of other people uh, that were you know doing all other bits of pieces of organizing the whole event and then even when we got back uh, Pavel or Vitalis our third guy uh, on the team he'd post videos from the hotel at like 2 a.m. Yeah, uh, because they had to render and all that stuff. So yeah, that was really quite a lot. It was real, real lot of work. That was a bit surprising, I guess. Yeah. Did you have uh, the idea that you'd go over there and be able to drink beers and do a thing on camera and then go and watch a game? Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> living the dream, but you actually had to. And people don't get how much work it is to do this stuff, even the podcast, I imagine. But, uh, Tommy, you were wiped out, right, when you got back? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, for me, it was uh, particularly demanding August slash September because I, I went to the States for two weeks and some of the episodes that I recorded for the podcast, uh, also, I think, hyping up LGT were recorded there uh, on my company laptop. Uh, and then throughout September, especially in the last days before the LGT, both Joker and myself, we did a series of the Road to LGT um, uh, preparatory um, series, let's call it, where we invited people who were to appear uh, at the event and we interviewed them and so on and so on. So to, if, if we count all that, um, plus the coverage of the LGT and so on. I think we spit out about 60 or 70 videos altogether, wow. uh, which was kind of overwhelming, uh, I, I would say. So after LGT, when we came back home, I was just washed out. <laughs> you know, we don't do this professionally, right? This is this needs to be to be mentioned. Like both Joker and myself, we have uh, real, real jobs. Uh, I want to say <laughs> <laughs> jobs. <laughs> and then we have uh, we do the podcasting for fun, uh, for shits and giggles, you know, when uh, when we have time. Uh, there are people out there who do it professionally. We are not those people. Uh, no. So the, the people who do it professionally uh, probably, I mean, I admire them because they are probably uh, able to go to an event, cover it, play in it, and then come back home and on Monday after the event or Tuesday after the event record some more. For me, it doesn't work like that. Like, you know, uh, LGT coverage work family combined it just yeah washed me out completely so i would i would counter that and this may be just an uh english as a first language thing i think you do do it professionally you just don't get paid that's <laughs> you, an interesting uh, angle you do a professional job is what i'm saying so with the with the lgt coverage that you did were you guys happy with the way it worked out and follow up would you go back and do it again if if asked now that you know what you're getting yourself in for, that it's not all beer and watching games. Um, I think for first timers, we were quite happy with how we did. Um, and hopefully, you know, people enjoyed uh, what we done. And uh, speaking for myself, I would 100% go again. Like until the end of my days, I would go to the LGT every year because it's just an amazing event. Be it doing coverage, be it maybe playing someday or whatever. Um, definitely would go again yeah yeah i think <clears throat> one thing that brought us with joker together i mean uh, i i brought joker to the company uh, where i work because i knew that he's a good firm and he's reliable and so on and so on and his work ethics are fine uh, and the same transpires throughout doing the the podcast so when we went to the lgt that showed uh there was i mean 
whatever we touch, we try to be professional about it, whether we get paid or not, whether it's about the hobby or work or family or something, we try to, to, to do our best every single time. And I think uh, that came out at the LGT as well. I mean, uh, the, the, the amount of conversations we had with Zach prior to the event to prepare ourselves, to know what we are in for, to know what we should wear, because, you know, I, like I, I wasn't sure. And the, the, the whole suits and shirts and yeah. so on, it was his, his idea. And we basically played along. And I think it's for the better because it made us stand out in the crowd, uh, which I really liked. Uh, but even after the event, Zach came to us and said, uh, you know, at the, the budget that you had, the quality that you delivered basically is amazing. So thank you for that. And um, 10 out of 10 would do again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, um, in terms of podcasts, battle reports, just content that's out there, what do you guys look up to? What do you guys watch and try and emulate? I, I think Tomek's already mentioned he watches and listens to everything um, pretty much. Which makes me feel a little bit less special, if I'm honest. You did make a big deal out of my podcast, and then you made it clear that you actually just consume everything. So, uh, you know, I was like, "Oh, okay." But it got us on your show, so job done. <laughs> That's right. If you'd mentioned that before, I invited you on the show. Well, maybe not. So, um, Joker, what do you do? You have podcasts or content creators that you particularly look up to and, and invest in? Um, I don't consume that much, to be honest, uh, but I enjoy, you know, most of the bigger channels that are out there, uh, but mainly producing battle reports. Right. So, you know, I from time to time, I look at either Tabletop Tactics, Vanguard Tactics, or um, Glasshammer Gaming, who else is there? Play on Tabletop, they're a bit of a different cut to those I mentioned before, yeah. but they're a great watch. Um yeah, I think those are the, the main ones that come to mind. You know, um, speed painting tutorials, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I sure. couldn't remember the channels that I subscribe to, unfortunately. Right. You need to get you need to get the uh, lore, you know, listen to a couple of lore podcasts so that when you go to a game and you're playing against somebody who knows all about the lore and they start telling you all the stories about the armies that you're playing, you at least can <laughs> pretend not. to invest in the conversation. <laughs> Just nod along and go, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Um, Tommy, do you have favourites? Like outside of the 25 bat reps, uh, sorry, the podcasts that you listen to, do you, do you consume so, battle reports as well? I occasionally do. I think it, I mean, I used to watch a lot of tabletop tactics uh, a few years back. Uh, we even were lucky with Joker because we went to, to Prague, I think in 2019 to, uh, to compete and I played in singles and uh, Lawrence was playing on the table right beside me ah, cool. and uh, the numpty forgot his cards and some other gadgets and I had two sets. So I borrowed mine to him and so on. So we, after the tournament, he was thankful. So he, he sat down with us and actually gave us advice on, you know, how to create a, a channel on YouTube and uh, what, what, you know, what the constituents of a good channel should be, etc. So wow. some free, that, that was, some free sorry, I need to jump in here. That was in 2018. And uh, right. yeah, we were thinking about doing something in terms of content, but not really sure on what to do. And uh, I remember that like the top one piece of advice from Lawrence was to just do it and get on with it. Yeah. And we didn't for like another 18 months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know, it's amazing but, with this yeah. this podcast that meeting all these different people like yourselves 
It's amazing how many people have a Lawrence Baker story. How many people have bundled into Lawrence and got it by? And every one of them he's is everywhere. He's everywhere, but he's also just lovely with his time. Like he's always super nice with just sitting down and helping out. So anyway, sorry, carry on. Right. You, you uh, tabletop uh, tactics uh, and. So- that uh, there was a time. I mean, I started with uh, Scarcast and uh, Sky yeah. or Ridvan Martinez because uh, in seventh edition, my like biggest love was the Drukari that I lost twenty seven games in a row with. Um, so I was <laughs> I was looking for motivation and you know and wow. some prep talk from Scary back then uh, when his channel was also like very fresh. Um, so his his um, reports are, are quality always uh, or anything that he does. And I guess now it's Glasshammer Gaming mostly, just because I don't know. We have just this weird uh, drive toward UKTC and um, Manny and and and, and Dan and uh, the, the bunch. They put out really high quality content and yeah. they play competitive lists that you can that we can relate to as competitive players. So I guess out of battle reports, it would be it would be those Vanguard Tactics as well. I yeah. remember Vanguard Tactics had put out some amazing um, battle reports, but I. Uh, I, I I don't think I visited them for that. I listened to their podcast definitely. The one the, the guys I admire the most, uh, because probably like us, they need to put a lot like a, a big fight in order to to get listeners and so on. Would be the normal blokes from Australia. Yeah, just because they they are a lot of fun to listen. Uh, I have them uh, on the podcast summarizing their uh, WTC performance and they are just such a good laugh, such amazing people, such fun people to talk to. Um, it's also fun to listen to, but they also play very competitively. Yeah. So their lists like um, uh, their, I don't know, um, thousand sounds list only on rubrics or something like that at the time when you would only see Terminator bricks, uh, that was refreshing and wh- whatever they do is usually refreshing. You can tell by the lists they took to the WTC as well that yeah. uh, they, you know, they they build non-standard lists and they're a force to be reckoned with. And probably Fireside podcast that um, Vic VJ and David Gaylord put out now uh, in the UK. Just because, again, UKTC, but also Vic, apart from you and your voice, Vic is, I think he is the Bob Ross of 40K. (laughs) The Bob Ross. (laughs) so funny. (laughs) Seriously. His voice is, you know, both soothing and... I don't know, it just touches a part of me that nobody else is able to touch. So, <laughs> Well, let's, yeah. Uh, if good. you say it over enough times, maybe people will start calling him that. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, we need to start repeating that. <laughs> I am 100% going to invite him on this show and call him the Bob Ross of uh please do of 40k it's i don't know why bob ross has suddenly taken off around that my son is 15 and he's into bob ross he's just like fully uh invested in watching bob ross videos and this is a guy who was was only moderately popular in the 80s when i was growing up and it was like so i don't know i'm, I'm not sure why suddenly he's taken off around the world uh, but anyway I, but he, he did have a lovely yeah. voice I'm going to now. Uh, listeners won't be able to see this, but I'm going to show these two guys a photo of my son, who's decided to grow his hair out like Bob Ross. Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> yeah, a doing a good throw. job. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, post he's that. Getting there. I'll post that on our Facebook. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So Vic, lovely guy. David Gaylard, Kiwi. So I definitely listen to that podcast as well. Um, and Vanguard Tactics. Um, as I mentioned before, also like admirable, and not only because of the 
like how to build your list, how to be competitive. But at the same time, uh, I think they are the only podcast who openly speak about table, like table side ethics. Stephen Box, well known as the second most handsome man in 40k, next to Joker. Exactly. You're right. Exactly. So, exactly him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he'll be hunting me down now. <laughs> Well, he's got the muscles, right? We get that, but, you know. I've let myself uh, on that part. I've got a dad bod nowadays. So. <laughs> oh, really? Are you a dad? Uh, I am. So, yeah, well, so you're you know. allowed. That's okay. You can tell dad jokes and you can get a dad bod. You're all good. Everything's fine. <laughs> how do you find time to play, though, like to play and podcast when you've got, I don't know how old the kids are. I'm going to assume a young family. Um, yeah, I've got a three-year-old daughter, Oof. so... Um, it sometimes just comes down to, you know, um, choosing what you can do in a week. So either you record an episode or maybe two or you get a game in. Right. And not too often do you get to do both, for example. Right. But, you know, um, I like to think that I could invest a bit more time, but it's uh, just that I kind of enjoy my family and spending time with them. So kind it's of. not easy. <laughs> That's kind nice. Of. That is a nice thing. That's <laughs> lovely. They and it gets better as they get older too. Like it's you know they just get they just get easier to kind of hang out with, and eventually you can try and teach them forty k. Although my son has zero interest, zero. So, <laughs> you know, that's what happens. Well, my daughter takes my models from the desk all the time, and you know they uh, pink Horus play around with uh, Minnie Mouse. So, yeah, you know. yeah. Actually, funnily enough, this is we had. Um, I posted photographs on my Instagram at the time. We got some uh, some horrors and some, you know, just little de- any demon model. Uh, and my daughters were painting them pink and blue and whatever other colours. And then we used those to play snakes and ladders. I don't know if you have that game, but uh, instead of using the normal counters for Monopoly, we play Monopoly, but we use little. Uh, Warhammer figurines instead of the Monopoly figures. So in a way, I'm getting them involved in the game. In a way. Yeah, it, it, it's you're sending a message to their subconsciousness. Yeah, that's and yeah. One day it will pay off. They'll yeah. be like, oh yeah, this thing. Yeah, the local priest isn't that happy about me indoctrinating him into that <laughs> instead of church, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, hey guys, thank you for joining me today. I'm really. Uh, it's just been lovely to meet you both and catch up and. All the very best. Can I ask you what's the so what's the big goal? What's the ultimate? What do you want to achieve out of this? What are you hoping for? Or is it just a one day at a time kind of a deal? World domination. I'm sensing from Tomic. That's what. I'm, that's the vibe I'm getting. So, Joker, you go first. Okay. Well, it's it's definitely a one day at a time. Uh, you know, when we started it, uh, we just kind of went with it. And then at one point, Tweak decided that uh, he started off uh, being having his ass beaten in ninth, so he took a break. Then we reactivated, and at no point would we have hoped to like go to LGT and do stuff over there. Right. So um, whatever the world has in store uh, for us, uh, we'll take it as it comes. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so... Uh... I'm laughing because when we started this, I remember that we joked, you know, a year from now, we're going to be getting a codex from GW. (laughs) (laughs) Getting a preview codex. Never never happened. Uh, But but we got invited to the LGT, uh, which is amazing. Um, But as Joker said, uh, and as I said as well, uh, we are not doing this or we don't do this professionally. Um, 
actually, if, if LGT taught me anything, is that I probably enjoy it more doing it as a hobby. Yeah. Uh, because I, I wouldn't like to turn into one of those professionals who need to troll to actually get views and so on and so on, which, again, we became a victim of uh, after the LGT. Uh, so, you know, that only showed me the way that I don't want to go. It right. showed me that what we are doing without any pressure, without any, you know, pressure from the views, pressure to get money or even, you know, the the well-being of our families, depending on the money we can make with the podcast. I don't want that. I, I, I want to be as far away from that as possible. I prefer to do it for fun. I feel that, you know, more um, uh, b- better energy goes into it when we when we treat it as something enjoyable. And I always just wanted to network with people and meet new new faces and so on. And this is exactly what this podcast is doing to me or for me. Uh, I don't need anything else. So if we, we are never to cover an event again, I'm fine with that as well because we've been at the top of the world already. That being said, if, if GW is listening and wants to send you a preview codex for free, or boxes of models or anything, then sure, you know, you'd be up for it, right? Yeah, they yeah. are welcome to do so. <laughs> yeah, we don't promise them any extra sales in return, but they're welcome to send it. <laughs> welcome to do so. <laughs> uh, yep. Lovely to talk to you both. Thank you very much for being my guests on the show today and all the very best with Contact Lost and next year's LGT, should you be invited back, and whatever else comes. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks very much, Steve. A big thank you to Tomek and Mikhail for their time today. Hey, the link to Contact Lost, their podcast, is in the description of this episode. And you can find more episodes at stevejoel40k.com. Hey, don't forget also, go buy stuff at Frontline Gaming for Christmas using the affiliate link that comes with this episode. And you'd be helping me out a lot. Really appreciate it. And I appreciate you listening. Thanks for that too. This is Champions of 40K. I'm Steve Joel. See you in a couple of weeks.